Welcome back to One Winning Pod. We are here to go over uh, first home game in quite a few weeks at this point after the bye and the Thursday and the Monday night game. It's been a long time, uh, but we're going to cover the home game against the Panthers uh, upcoming this week. Uh, unfortunately, just Alec and I uh, today. Peter's out. Uh, we wish him and uh, wish him and his wife the best. They just they had their second little baby, and uh, so he's going to be taking a break for a little bit. Still, uh, still us here. Still us and talking some Ravens. Absolutely. You know, we let off the show last week with some with sad news, and this week we got some good news. Very nice. Uh, glad to hear that uh, baby and mom are in good shape, and and dad's uh, he's hanging in there too. <laughs> it sounds like it's a lot easier the second go around than the first, which is uh, always great to hear. You know that experience. You know he had his rookie season. He had some learning curve. Now he's uh, you know what two years in to his uh his career he's really starting to get that uh grown dad strength and <laughs> he's a vet man you know he's a vet, he's, you he, know he knows he knows all the ins and outs absolutely but yeah we got this first game in like i think 28 or 20 some high number of days almost a full month of us not being at the bank and it's super exciting you know we got a game where the ravens are favored by 12 points we just did our pick show with jason and that's the biggest spread of this week 12 points and it's not even close i think the next closest is eight and a half so with that being said though the over under is only 42 points so they're not expecting caroline to put up that many points so let's get started by talking about their offense and why maybe that might be the case uh the biggest highlight will definitely be the fact that baker mayfield's getting start he got benched earlier in the year for pj walker but now he has a high ankle sprain and pj walker was the second worst qb by expectation and uh, turns out baker was the the worst so <laughs> very small jump you know maybe he'll come in invigorated you know i did a little bit of research at the bank baker's only won that one game that 40 to 25 game uh in 2019 that pissed us off and made us go on that historic run and uh yeah i i think uh it'll be fun to play baker again what do you think chris yeah Certainly would be. Um, yeah, I hope it turns out other than uh, pretty much every other matchup we've had against Baker would be pretty nice. You know, I gotta be honest, I thought he would be doing a lot better than he was at, uh, in Carolina, but uh, Carolina's been having a ton of problems um, all up and down the roster. Just really crappy coaching. Just everything's kind of really gone bad for them this year. Um, that's really kind of the, uh, the big news. Uh, starting the season, they had head coach Matt Rule. He's been out uh, out for the couple uh, last couple of weeks. Uh, Steve Wilkes is in. You know, with that change, I think some things uh, have uh, changed a little bit. Other than uh, Baker getting the start, I think um, if we talk to some of the skill position players, Christian McCaffrey also out. Um, he's you know one of the highlights. You know, was one of the highlight players, um, probably one of the few highlight players on the Carolina team. Uh, he shipped him out to San Francisco. McCaffrey's over there with uh, playing with Shanahan, so. Yeah, um, behind him, they've, uh, they've had Dante Foreman, who's been getting some more playtime recently. Chuba Hubbard as well. Uh, was a preseason darling. If you guys remember us talking about that uh, that preseason game against the Panthers, I think it was two years ago. I was, I was very impressed with him. So impressed that I picked him up in my Dynasty League because I was like, if you can play good against the Ravens in preseason, you're probably going to be something. <laughs> um, you know, Hasn't really had any playing time the last two years. Uh, rightfully so because of you know McCaffrey uh, above him. But... Um, he's got a, you know, he's he's had a few starts uh, the last couple of weeks. He's been doing okay. I think he came off an injury and he's coming back. But you know, he might not be playing too much this game. 
but we'll have to see. You know, they've they've got some guys at running back. Obviously, you know, with the whole offense kind of being in disarray, it's just, you know, nobody really kind of has stood out. But, you know, if uh, given the opportunity, I'm sure he can do some damage like he did in the preseason a couple of years ago. Yeah, he's an interesting player. He has some flashes here and there. And, you know, it's funny that Foreman's come in. What, what an interesting story that guy's had in his career. You know, there's a lot of buzz around him. He was backing up the uh, good old Derrick Henry, and he blew his Achilles. And everyone was like, wow, you know, it's it's over for him. I think he was with them. Maybe he was with Houston. Or maybe that's where he went afterwards. Anyways, can't remember exactly his career arc, but he blew his um, Achilles, and people thought he would never come back. And he's looking all right. Harbs gave him credit. He said 33. He's running downhill well. And they've actually had a pretty improved run game in the last couple of weeks since the coaching change. And I think I know why, but we'll get to that in a bit. And uh, yeah, Hubbard, you know, he he's an interesting guy. Last week against the Atlanta team, you know, you might have been able to watch Carolina. They were on the Thursday night game. Blackshear was actually the first one to get touches over Hubbard uh, when they spelled Foreman, which I was a little surprised by. And maybe that has something to do with injury or something. I don't know, but uh, definitely going to keep an eye on that. I think Foreman, though, is the biggest thing to be concerned about when it comes to the running game. And I do think that might be the way that if the Ravens offense falters and somehow Carolina can get something going on the ground, I could see a path, a very small path to victory if they're able to play some crazy ball control game, you know, where we just keep making mistakes similar to what we saw with the Philadelphia Washington game where we make mistakes their ground game is moving you know Bradley Bozeman's uprating Travis Jones and like some some kind of craziness like that I don't think it's going to happen though (laughs) and that gets the the Bradley Bradley Bozeman revenge game everybody I didn't realize that Chris brought to my attention that he's actually started since week seven after rule got fired and he's actually been playing pretty well PFF has been grading him well and I'm stunned to hear that their acquisition, now granted they didn't give them that much money and, you know, the coaches could choose not to have synergy with the front office and say, all right, you know, we're not going to play Bozeman. But yeah, it looks like he's uh, playing at a pretty good level now and he might be one of the reasons this running game is picking up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it would be really nice to kind of see him. Definitely a good guy. Definitely, you know, everyone here on the show is definitely surprised when we didn't extend him an offer. And then we found out when he went to Carolina for the deal he got. It was just... You know, just really crazy. Definitely deserved a whole lot more. And yeah, the the news of, of just him not, you know, not even being the starter for the whole season, um, pretty crazy. Uh, he definitely had showed enough here to to be able to start in Carolina. You're, like you said, regardless, it'll be um, it'll be good to see him. But yeah, you know, the running game definitely is doing much better um, in terms of their passing game. Obviously, a lot of Ravens fans are going to know DJ Moore, <laughs> one guy that. We hope that we would be able to bring in uh, before the trade deadline. That didn't happen. Nobody brought him in. He's still in uh, Carolina. He's by far the biggest weapon, I think, in the passing game. You know, another, you know, speaking of coaching changes as well, Robbie Anderson, another guy we couldn't get. Uh, They shipped him off to Arizona. And to be honest, very glad we didn't get him because he doesn't seem to be doing much in Arizona. No. Um, You know, a couple of catches, I think. I don't remember his stat line, but definitely not anything impressive. Um, not a uh, a great replacement for Hollywood, who is probably going to be coming back in a couple of weeks, I think. It might even be this week. I'm, uh, this week. I'm hoping so, because I have a lot of shares of him in fantasy, and I'm so <laughs> eager. The I feel like my season's turned for the worse since he got hurt. Yeah. But yeah, they, you're right. They do have DJ Moore. So that was one guy I liked a lot in his draft year. 
Then there was Terrence Marshall. They went and used a second-round pick to go get Terrence Marshall. Everyone was talking about Terrence Marshall the year that we drafted Bateman. Some people even liked him better than Bateman. Marshall fell because of an injury that was a, kind of undisclosed until that point. And he hasn't done much since entering the league, but he's starting to get more opportunity now. They shipped... Um, we just talked about him. Uh, Robinson. Anderson. Yeah, or uh, yeah, Anderson, rather, out of the way. And, um, yeah, you know, we'll see what he does. Another another interesting player that they acquired in a trade, LaVisca Chenault, came from the Jacksonville Jaguars to the Panthers. Another player I kind of really liked in the draft process, and it seems like they're trying to revitalize his career. I've noticed in a couple of games that he's played with them, now he's, like, learned the playbooking and everything, that he's definitely getting schemed touches a lot. They use him a lot as a motion man. They try to get him opportunities in space. And we've seen him be able to turn it upfield and, you know, get touchdowns out of these kind of plays. He gives you, like, some, you know, Duvernay vibes in a way with the way that he can run and his body build. But I, I, I'm not seeing him create organically. Kind of similar to Duvernay younger in his career. So we'll see how Chenault's able to play against us. But uh, again, another player that Harbaugh gave respect to in the press conference. Obviously, everyone has their eyes on DJ Moore, and he'll be a big concern for this team. Probably their only true star from the skill positions. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, yeah, I agree, man. None of these guys really scare me that much. Like, if, if you put Marlon on DJ... Not, I'm not really concerned at all. It's really just whoever's lining up against that third corner um, mm-hmm. might get a few catches, might be a few big plays here and there. But um, overall, yeah, just, you know, not something, not an offense really to be scared about. <laughs> well, it's, you know, you can't overlook them and everything, but it's just, I think that they're, they're, you know, there could be like a slim path, I think, at them being able to do some damage here. But with our defense trending up to, it's one that I feel pretty good about. Yeah, I think you brought up a really good point, Chris. I would like to dig a little bit more into it. So we look at these top three receivers, Chenault, Marshall, and DJ Moore. When you talk about a third corner, last week we saw a lot of Hamilton as the nickelback. And I'm thinking with these kind of players, we're going to continue to see that. I think they're going to try it again this week. And I'm thinking that this will be a matchup that Hamilton will be able to succeed again at. You know, they don't have much of a tight end to speak of. Tremble isn't that interesting. I'm, I'm blanking now on the other. I think it's Ian, Ian Thomas. Thomas. Yes, yeah, Ian yeah. Thomas. Yes. Uh, you know, not that interesting. Again, I'm not particularly worried about their tight ends. So I can definitely see Hamilton manning up against whoever's in the slot. Uh, I think only DJ Moore would be somebody I'm particularly concerned about if they were trying to scheme him on there. But I could definitely see a scenario where they do some kind of switcheroo, you know, they bring Humphrey in, uh, the, the travel, but, uh, I think we'll see more of that. Do you think that Hamilton will continue playing the nickel role? I think it could. I, I was thinking him or maybe, um, maybe Pepe Williams a little bit. Yeah. It's hard to say. Like, I don't think any of these guys are particularly big. So I guess I wasn't thinking Brandon Stevens. He's a little bit more of a physical corner, um, could play more on the outside and let Marlowe kind of go in the slot, uh, to be able to take on opposing team receiver if they have, um, you know, more of a smaller kind of back that they're um, or smaller receiver that they're more concerned about versus some of their outside guys. But yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, he's definitely trending up for sure. Um, you know, I think uh, some of the other guys at their corner spot, I think um, they need a little bit more playing time. They need to kind of uh, show that a little bit more, but Hamilton has been the hot hand. So it wouldn't surprise me if they want to keep going with him. Another matchup I want to watch for is a uh, Quanu 
their left tackle drafted highly in the draft. You know, a guy that we talked about, if somehow he fell to the Ravens, it might be somebody that they want to just take because he's such a super good talent. And luckily, you know, everything with Stanley's been working out well, but I'm keen to see how our pass rushers, whoever it might be that they pair up against him, are able to fare against Aquanu, how he's able to dominate in the run game, if he's able to dominate in the run game. And uh, definitely going to keep an eye on him just because he's definitely been a bright spot of their developing team and uh, and a player that, you know, we we all liked. Yeah. Yeah, it would be interesting. Um, I mean, I would imagine on that side, probably a lot of uh, probably a lot of Ole in Houston, but Bowser could have a couple of matchups. Um, he should be healthy. Maybe even some Ajabo. Yeah, he might be available. It's a big mystery. I don't think Harvard's going to tell us until they're not inactive. <laughs> yep. All right, but moving on to the defense, I think we should go over there. Sure. Um, yeah, uh, I got to be honest, man. There are a lot of uh, a lot of pieces on this defense that I probably wasn't super familiar with coming into this uh, matchup here. You know, they've got some pieces. Um, you know, a, f- a few guys. You know, a couple of higher draft picks. Uh, one guy that really stood out to me, J.C. Horn. You know, was uh, I think he was drafted last year, if I recall. Uh, didn't mm-hmm. play that many games last year. I think he had an injury. Um, but he's playing, you know, very well. I think he was a top 10 pick, if I recall, last year. Um, he's yeah. got a lot of talent. Um, you know, the the Panthers, I think, historically have had a couple of those guys at corner playing at a very high level. Um, James Bradbury was uh, the one before that. And then, um, I'm struggling with his name, the guy who went to the uh, the skins who got stiff-armed by Derrick Henry. <laughs> anyway, I'm struggling with his name, but... <laughs> But yeah, the Panthers have had some uh, some good physical cornerbacks on their de- on their defense. Um, but yeah, a couple guys on the the defensive line as well that can uh, get after the quarterback. Yeah, Horn is a a player that I think is going to be able to shut down any of our wide receivers now that Bateman's out, and uh, you know kind of neutralize that part of the game. I would not be surprised if uh, we avoid him most of the game, and he does not get targeted much, just because I I would be. More surprised if one of our wide receivers is able to get the best of him, being you know that kind of quality player. Already has two picks this year in eight games, so definitely uh, a well-respected guy. And what you'll see with the defenses are very physical, and they actually have playmakers at all levels. And their their defense, even though that they're not ranked very well, I think it's more of a byproduct of the fact that their offense is so putrid, giving the ball back that they have to just keep coming out there. After short, you know, unsuccessful drives and, and praying, <laughs> you know, praying that they're able to, to stop the team. And, you know, eventually they get tired and they just, they'll falter and they're not getting, the thing that's been so beautiful about the Ravens defense the last couple of games is the Ravens are getting these leads and allowing the Ravens to really get, have some fun on defense, you know, and, and kind of create and this defense does not get that luxury often. So yeah, definitely something to keep an eye out. I think this defense is very underrated. A couple times they've been really cheap in DFS and performed well, just saying. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's something to, to keep an eye on. You know, we just had Jason on with the pick show. One of the guys he loved and he was tweeting about, you know, can we get Frankie Louvu in the building? He really liked Frankie Louvu. He's been playing pretty well, and you know, an undrafted guy started with the Jets, and he's been on a solid trajectory up, and is putting together one of the best seasons of his career. Yeah, if, if I recall, I think I remember him having a pretty standout game. Um, I think I think he was in that preseason game as well, if I'm recalling, because um, I remember Steve Smith talking about his name. Oh yeah, <laughs> talked about him a couple times. 
but yeah, Frankie's a good, uh, Shaq Thompson, another guy, um, the left side, left outside linebacker, um, another name. He's been around a while. He's playing at a pretty good level. Um, but yeah, like you said, defensive line, Brian Burns, I think was another big one. Um, another name that kind of was floated out a lot in terms of like a trade candidate. He's playing at a really high level. He's at the defensive end spot. Yeah, but they got some other guys as well. Matt Ioannidis, I believe he's from the Commanders. Um, or I guess he never played for the Commanders. He played for the football <laughs> team. But but anyway, yeah, he's from that uh, from there. Um, he's a decent player. Gross Matos, uh, I believe, is a second-round pick a couple of years ago. He's another guy that we considered uh, one of our um, off-season episodes. Um, he's playing okay as well. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I agree, man. You know, we've got some pieces here. Yeah, it really just depends on game flow. You know, if it, there's a situation where, you know, we uh, we start to give up some turnovers, yeah, I mean, I'm sure these guys could do some damage. Yeah, this defensive front is actually probably their biggest and best positional group. Obviously, Burns was rumored to be a, a two-first level player. Uh, of course, the Rams were offering firsts. I don't even know they had firsts anymore. It must have been like 2028. <laughs> <laughs> you got a 2028 first round pick. Um, yeah, I think he's a player, you know, with already seven sacks at the midway point of the season, he's having a great year and he's had good years before too. It's not, it's not new for him. So watching how he's able to fare against our offensive line is definitely going to be something to keep an eye out for. And it's going to be a challenge when you got guys like Gross Matos, like you said, Ioannidis that are also going to be taking up blocks, commanding respect. Those are two guys that, while they don't get sacks, often necessarily they're able to disrupt and work together to let maybe the linebacker like Shaq Thompson or Frankie Louvu make a play. So, you know, you can see how this front uh, seven really is a cohesive group that the Ravens are going to have, I think, a bit of a challenge figuring out how to get to the second level in the run game, get those blocks and be able to spring the the larger runs that you need in order to have a successful offense. So I, I'm i definitely, while I think the Ravens are going to manage because we just have, like, you know, Lamar Jackson, offensive line, that's awesome. I think Gus Bus is going to be back available. I think they will succeed at this mission, but it's not going to be a total snooze fest when the offense and defense play each other. Yeah, for sure. You know, one of the things actually I was just looking at, talking on their defense, I'm, I'm curious to see kind of how they match up against um, our rushing attack, uh, whether Gus is there or not. Um, you know, uh, Drake has had some success the last couple of weeks, and I think the offensive line has definitely been a big part of that. Um, tight ends as well. Um, Carolina over the last couple of weeks is ranked near the bottom of the league in terms of rushing yards allowed per game. You know, so if I were the Ravens, definitely lean on that, um, see if they can stop it. Uh, because right now the jury's out, at least as far as if they can stop it. Now, here's something I want to bring up, Chris. It's not on our show sheet. It's not really about the Panthers, but this is our first game action after the bye. And it sounds like Andrews is on the trend to play in this game. I do think he'll be available. But I'm wondering, I, I've heard a couple people notice it. Uh, Coach DC noticed it. Jason noticed it. That... Isaiah Likely has been getting some of that uh, Ricard cues. They've been using him like they use Ricard, motioning him in the backfield, you know, as they get more comfortable with his blocks. And I think once Andrews is back and Andrews is commanding, you know, playing time and, and his starting role, I would not be surprised if we see more Likely in that role and we see a decrease in 
Ricard snaps, even though Ricard's been playing well. And, uh, and, and I think it's because they need that passing threat, you know, with the loss of Bateman, like, I think they're going to need another aspect of the passing game. I'm curious if we're going to see more of that this week, what your thoughts are on all that. Like, do you think that's a, uh, a scheme that like the Ravens should be exploring? Well, I'll say this, like who's definitely playing pretty good. Um, as somebody who was not a Lakers fan <laughs> <laughs> this offseason. Um, no, I mean, he's definitely been playing pretty good the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, I think, yeah, getting him more snaps, I think, makes sense. Um, you know, yeah, I think it's interesting. He, I've definitely noticed that, too. He's been having a lot of success, um, particularly in the run game, kind of out of that H-back. Um, honestly, what a Hayden Hurst did a lot of um, his first year, and we really liked him in that role. So, yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely see it. Um, you know, I think... If like if you had like yes the unfortunate thing is that if he's in that spot and that's where Ricard also is like you're gonna have a decrease in that. Yeah. That said, like it's I don't think it's anything because of Ricard if he's not playing well he's still playing really well. Um, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. gonna get snaps. So it you know this isn't a like oh yeah Ricard's you know not gonna get any snaps uh, crew here like that's not what I think. But mm-hmm. um, you know it is one of those things like I do think he's better in that and Oliver has been really good at inline blocking. You know, so if, you know, if Andrews doesn't play this game, maybe it does make sense to keep Ricard and Oliver in those sort of tight ends that are in line, um, have those, have them handle the blocks there and have likely be in motion. I think that's reasonable. But yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want him as much in line uh, just because I think, yeah, like you said, I think, you know, he can do a little bit more damage out of that sort of H-back role. I do think he'll be an interesting option there. I could definitely see a scenario where you got a running back and then you got, uh, you know, Ricard and and likely flanking in that kind of like triangle formation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Definitely could see that. Could see you know having likely in line, having a pop off the line motion. There's a lot of things they could do, and um, definitely excited to see that kind of new iteration of the offense. Given the fact that you know we lost Bateman, that's a, that's a big blow, and I think they're gonna have to figure out ways to generate targets to these other players, and particularly in this game where you got J.C. Horn. I think he, like I said, is gonna take away one of our wide receivers pretty pretty handedly. So. Uh, looking to try to exploit the other players in the secondary, in the you know second level as well. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm definitely keen to see how the Ravens are able to perform there. Are we ever ready to get into some bold predictions and score predictions? I think so. I think we do that. Oh, actually, hold on. We got to mention one more thing. Unfortunately, oh, uh, yeah, we got to talk about the ref, uh, the the officiating. Ah, man. yes. Yes, we got Bo- we got Boger again. That's unfortunate. Um, so Ravens, <laughs> all I can say is I'm going to ask you, man. I said 70 to 3 a couple weeks ago in our group chat. I was just like, I'd love to see a 70 to 3 game against the Panthers. It would be great. These guys were trying to tell me, Alec and Kfish, they were like, no, that's not an exciting game. You want it to be close because that's like the best game. I'm like, no, 70 to 3. That would be amazing too. <laughs> be making history. Um, but anyway, if, the, <laughs> if we want to score anywhere near, even if it's 40 to 3, even if we only want to score that many points, you guys got to do that because if you keep it close, oh, it's going to be a little rough. <laughs> well, if we're getting into the bold predictions, the score predictions, we would be remiss if we didn't mention Peter. He did provide, just like he provided his picks beforehand, he did provide a bold prediction and a score prediction. And I'm sad that I looked ahead and I gave a big whoa, uh, big big reaction to his prediction. Chris, I don't know if you've seen it yet. Do you want to say what he uh I just looked chose? at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter's bold prediction for this game, at least five separate Ravens score touchdowns. Honestly, man... I got to say, like, one thing we didn't talk about on this show that I'm sure, you know, if Peter were here, we would definitely talk about, talk about the history of this matchup. 
There's a lot of Panthers games that I remember the Ravens playing, and the Panthers did not do very good, right? I mean, I'm going back like 20, was it 2011, uh, where they had, um, I don't even remember the quarterback. Uh, I'll have to think about the name, but they had back-to-back pick sixes, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. I think they won that game by like 20 points or something. Um, think about the blood and guts game, Steve Smith in 2014, yeah. right? Ravens crushed <laughs> the Panthers at home. Uh, so yeah, a lot of games like that were just like, unfortunately, <laughs> like I kind of see this game going the same way. So yeah, his bold prediction does not surprise me. And then his score prediction, equally as surprising, 48 to three Ravens victory. <laughs> the Ravens single-handedly cover the over-under of 42 points by themselves and uh, win by 45 points. I can totally see this outcome, by the way. This is totally reasonable. The only reason I think this is unlikely is because I just think the Ravens are going to let off the gas. Like, I don't think I don't think they're going to run up the score like that. That's my only concern. I can see them getting up to 28 points early and then just kind of coast in the second half. You know, they brought in their backup quarterback, uh, Mayfield. We'll bring in our backup, Huntley. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this could be the first game that Huntley gets action in. And in a good way, of course. So I'll go ahead and start. Uh, bold prediction. You know, last week I said the Ravens were going to get two interceptions. Did not work out. I could see that against Baker Mayfield. I could see that against him, but I'm not going to pick that. I think my bold prediction is going to be that the defense is able to score a touchdown, though. I don't know how. It could be a fumble. It could be a pick six. But I do think the defense could have a scoring play. Just because, like, it, it feels like that kind of game, uh, <laughs> and just nothing goes right for them. They're very disappointed, you know, taking off their helmets, kind of thing. So that's going to be my bold prediction. Score prediction, uh, you know, Peter, he kind of influenced me a little bit. Um, I'm going to say it's a little less scoring, though. I, I like I said, I think like a uh, 34. I don't know. 34-10 seems reasonable because I think the Rays will give that garbage time touchdown. We kind of t- talked about. And, uh, you know, that's fine. So 34 to 10 Ravens. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, man, I love these, I love these predictions. Um, yeah. Just based on the the past history of this game, uh, this matchup between these teams. Yeah. There's a lot to like here. I'm going to say that, uh, I'm going to say Lamar gets his, uh, Jackson five. I'm going to say he gets five touchdowns in this game, uh, between rushing and passing. And that means, okay, then he has to score at least, uh, at least 35 points, right? Um, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I looked at 48 and three and I'm like, I'm so proud of you, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I love that score prediction. Um, as much as I, w- as much as I really want to say 70 to three as my joke <laughs> answer, I think 70 is a lot of points. And I think Huntley <laughs> will be in the game and we weren't going to score it that many points at, at that point. <laughs> 48 and three, man, I was really close to saying before I saw that though. Um, just to not be on top of Peter, I'm not going to do like a price is right situation here. I'm going to say, I'm going to say like, I'm going to say 42, 13 Ravens. We're all thinking the Ravens are going to cover this. Absolutely. I think the thing with the the Ravens here too, is like (laughs) the reason the 70 point game wouldn't work out is because like Nick Boyle would be the starting tight end at that point. And like Falele would be the... (laughs) the attack like you know cleveland yeah. would get his first action or he like if he was even activated i don't even know like it'd just be a whole like it'd be all b team as much as they could do it'd be wild yeah. 
Yeah, um, no, I, th- I, just, I think I do think the Panthers' defense is too good to allow that many that many points. But yeah, and that's why I went with the lower high end score, right? Like thirty four points is nothing to, to sneeze at, but uh, yeah, and I'm not even quite sure how they're going to get there for what it's worth. Like, I, I'm guessing two field goals and four touchdowns. So yeah, anyhow, there you have it, guys. Kind of a shorter episode. Didn't have our, our third amigo, but uh, definitely a lot of fun talking about this game with you, Chris. Yeah, likewise, man. Looking forward to going to the game with you. It's a, it's a great it's a great birthday celebration for me. I'm looking forward to it. That's right. That's right. Your birthday is... Oh, I'm not going to give away opposite. Very soon. Very, very soon. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we'll uh, definitely be celebrating. And, you know, as I, like, I've been saying, you know, if you're a listener of the show, you're going to a game, you want to meet us in person, like, you know, hit us up in our DMs on Twitter. You know, while that, still play, that place still exists, at one winning pod. And we'll let you know where we're hanging out. Come swing by. Chris makes incredible food all the time. Uh, I attempt to make good food. Sometimes I, I you know, just give up. Oh, you sell yourself. I, I do. I just, like, don't always make it for the games because, like, it's early in the morning. And, like, the the, the options are hard, man. We talked about it. Tailgating's hard. I know. Like, I know. It's we don't hard. have the equipment. We don't have a generator. Like, we don't have a grill. So we have to, like, create food that can kind of stay on its own, kind of cold, or, like, keep it hot enough for long enough and like it's just tricky man like i've been i've been workshopping for the last since the last home game i had almost a whole month i've been wanting to make this lasagna like ball like popper handheld situation and it just like, i couldn't find anything like it on the internet and i was not feeling like you know experimenting with this and then the problem is like how the hell do i keep them hot right they're just gonna become these like kind of coldish balls of like cheese and, and like because i thought about like you know you could cut up the noodle and make like a, like a powder mix that in with the uh the, the, the fry to like kind of make a crispy noodle yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. kind of uh breading kind of breading yeah there's yeah. a breading situation like i had i had a lot of ideas of how this might be able to pull together you know instead i just made a lasagna and i ate it for that was good <laughs> but uh yeah i i definitely you know welcome you guys to come out if you do just give us a heads up i'll even bring some uh, beer for y'all you know, have a good old time but uh if not, we'll see you next week, hopefully after a big Ravens victory, where they'll be playing uh, the Jaguars uh, after after Thanksgiving. So, everybody, enjoy the game. We'll see you next week, like we said, after hopefully a huge, huge Ravens victory. Go Ravens. Go Ravens.